Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement of the show. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Nice to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back. I also want to welcome today's guest, J.J. Resnick. J.J., how are you? Hey, I'm great this morning. Now, I understand you got a little bit of a cough, so we'll tell our listener that just to give us a little slack so we don't, we're not going to edit them out. We'll just go with it and have a great conversation. Oh, well, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, asthma's been acting up a little lately, but I'll make it through. So, so you, ha- you brought us this fantastic gift, which is um, from the Moscow Copper Company, your, your business. And I want to talk, talk about a lot of different things today. But it's this beautiful, beautiful copper mug. So we've heard of the Moscow Mule. But this copper cup, what's the story behind that? Well, you know, it's a really interesting story. I grew up, um, you know, when I was five or six years old, it was the first time that I was introduced to the Moscow Mule. Now, this huh. this was back in, you know, the early 80s. Yeah. And it, it was my great-grandmother who oh. actually invented the Moscow no Mule. Yeah, back in, back in 1941, she actually happened to go into a place called the Cock and Bull on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. Ah. And she met um, a guy named John Martin, who happened to, he just had acquired Smirnoff, the vodka label at Ah. that time. She also met Jack Morgan, who owned the Cock and Bull. So funny coincidence how Jack and John, they both had products they were trying to to get rid of <laughs> yeah J- jack had an abundance of, of vodka gin- of ginger beer <laughs> oh ginger beer yeah oh, he, w- oh. he made homemade ginger beer at the cock and bowl and john oh, of really? course had an abundance of vodka and huh. you know imagine early 40s this was before smirnoff had become a staple in american sure, culture for sure college drinkers uh, <laughs> oh that's who's drinking all the vodka okay. yeah so so the Three of them sat around a table, as the story goes, in in the cock and bowl. And, you know, after probably countless drinks, five, six drinks, they created the Moscow Mule. I'd like to to believe it was my great-grandmother, Sophie, that was the the real true reason behind the Moscow Mule. But the way I hear the story is the two gentlemen had been sitting around coming up with nothing for, for hours. She walks in the door with her copper mugs. Now, let me, let me take okay, a step so back. so that's what she brought to the table was the copper mug. Exactly, but ah. I'll take a quick step back. So the reason she was, she was trying to sell the copper mugs was that she had immigrated over from Russia, and her husband... He was sick and tired of seeing these copper mugs (laughs) laying around the house. And so he said, look, these things are going to go to the junk pile if you don't figure out something. you got to figure out something to do with these things. How many mugs are we talking about? (laughs) 2,000. Yeah, 2,000 mugs. Oh, my God. So she was on a mission. No doubt. A woman on a mission. 
and uh, she ended up. Luckily, it was her father's factory, her father's copper uh, factory. Uh, so in Russia, exactly. And uh. so she, when she was a little girl, she grew up, you know, around the factory, learning how to make copper products with her father, and uh, uh. that's why it was so important to her sure that she doesn't just let these things go off to the trash heap and you know the next thing we know the the moscow mule was invented um throughout the 40s the the moscow mule became popular due to a bartender from the cock and bull right and and so that's the official home so so celebrities at the time because this is the heyday of hollywood is cock and bull kind of a hangout for them? And did exactly, that contribute? exactly. Uh, Old Hollywood and yeah, yeah. Um, Woody Allen was a big part really? of it. Yeah, so they would. The bartender started going around with a Polaroid camera, and he was he would take a picture of a bartender holding copper mug with a bottle of Smirnoff. Uh, He'd leave uh, one with the bartender, take uh, it to the next bar, uh, and then he would say, "Hey, do you want to be like now? Who's the Joe he, down who's the, street? the he in this story?" The, the bartender from the Cock and Bull. And he was the one who had the, a, he had invented or made his own ginger beer. Well, the owner, Jack, did. God. But the, this was the bartender from who was, the Cock Who was and in Bowl. charge of social media, apparently, because he was <laughs> definitely doing a social media campaign. Exactly. That is envy, that today would be envy. With Instagram. He was essentially doing Instagram, yeah, yeah, and moving down to all of the different bars. That's 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I've been, as we've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks, because you just came on our, our radar a couple of weeks ago after talking with Jacob, why do you think copper, what did copper contribute to this? Because there's definitely alchemy that happened, right? Oh, 100%, yes. So I, I personally, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but there's something magical that happens when you mix vodka ginger beer a little citrus from the lime mm -hmm. and and the copper mm -hmm. because it's clear that if, if you take a sip out of a, a moscow mule in a traditional glass um doesn't taste anything anything like mm. the moscow mule as it's meant to be served in the proper vessel which is our you know original copper mug so I have to also say that my listener knows I'm left-handed. I'm looking, always looking at left-handed things. This is a left-handed mug, in my view. Now, the marketing guy would say it's a right-handed <laughs> mug, so the Moscow Mule brand faces outward. For, but for me, I hold it on the left-hand side, so if that's okay. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm also a chef, so I'm thinking you know, copper is a great conductor of heat, and it probably is a great way. It probably keeps the drink cold for an inordinate amount of time as well. It does. Huh. It does. I, I love, personally love that frosty, um, just the frosty look and feel to the mug that will last a good 20 minutes until it until it starts to sweat. And you're ready for another a one. Bit. Yeah. By that time, you're done with it, hopefully. I love it. So, so let's, I want to get to how did you take this family story and turn that into a business? Because just for background, you've started a lot of different businesses, and I want to get into a few of those because there's a whole other area of you that I think is is fascinating. What what was that that spark? I like to understand the spark. Being like, oh man, that there's a business there. Yeah. So you know it was. A dinner 
about two years ago, I was, in fact, I was over in China, and there's there's two accounts that really I, I go back and forth with my father talking about which one it really was that sparked the the idea, mm. but uh, I'll, I'll talk about China. So I went over to China on a buying trip for one of my other businesses in the, in the um, dog niche, right. which we can talk about. But I was over there um, meeting with my factories, and we were out for a great steak dinner um, one evening. My father and I, I just happened to bring him along because he had never been to Asia mm-hmm. and want, wanted to take him along. So we're talking about all the various products we had seen that day. I mean, you go to these, this happened to be called the Canton Fair. It's the world's largest. Oh my gosh, I bet that was something. It was It was incredible. Take you a week to see the whole show? It uh, Walking, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, speed walking around it. there. So it. it's about... 30 football fields oh under six buildings and yeah so you you saw every product under the sun you could ever imagine and you know for an entrepreneur going through right right a place like that your brain is just yeah, running exploding. wild yeah so we're talking about the moscow mule because we had seen some of the really cheap mugs that were mm-hmm. uh, produced in China. And so just, uh, I guess, talking about how the Moscow Mule had really made a comeback because back in the 60s, it went away. It virtually vanished. Um, nobody was talking about the Moscow Mule. If you, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was... Maybe one in a hundred people, if you asked, they would have known about the Moscow Mule. But come the last five years, it's just stormed back to popularity. Why, why, why is that? Because there's, you know, I, I, I followed mixology a little bit. I had a past client, and so I had to pay attention to that. And there's usually there's some impetus, right? It's about, you know, there's a brand that's trying to, you know, push some particular cocktail. Just reading the New Yorker about... Um, skinny girl margaritas Mm -hmm. and that whole phenomenon so no one even knew about that so was there something that happened five years ago you know i don't know exactly what it was but i i believe it was due to just the culture and the craft cocktail Uh, coming back uh, you know mad men um, um, oh, so it could have been like, like on an episode of Don Mad Draper Men, someone says, and I'll have a Moscow mule. And everyone goes, what's a Moscow mule? And they start Googling it. So you could probably do exactly. some forensic Googling and figure out what, because a lot of times it was. it's a spark. Yeah, it, it was that, that exact scenario no happened on Mad Men huh. and Breaking Bad. And there were, oh, and Breaking Bad. Yeah, there's See, popular there's culture. Many instances where the Moscow mule has come up and been consumed on one of the shows. So I'm sure that that's what sparked it. Like and all it, the cool kids are doing this, right? Exactly. It's like the Negroni. Have you ever heard of the Negroni? Yeah, I, I, I was I, I was thinking also back to my bartending days, and I think... Oh, that's right. And I think of the... Mo- well, I mean, I was an artist, so anybody who's ever been an artist has been a bartender <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's a... In, in My feeling on the Moscow Mule was is that it was a, a, a slightly less kind of... It was a it was a higher quality, more crafted drink than a mojito. And if you drink a mojito, it's like that's one step away from a daiquiri. 
but like a Moscow mule is like, there's a legitimacy to it or something. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like there was just that, that when I was watching it ordered, the people I know that would order them. And when we were drinking them, there was a feeling of like, like that, like this is something this, from the forties. This is, this is something mm-hmm. that's older than, mm-hmm. than me. And I like exactly. that. Exactly. You've got mm-hmm. that sophistication. Something older than and, me. And I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love the that. Sophistication is there, but it's also a, an introductory cocktail to the craft cocktail world. You know, whereas oh. a lot of a lot of people may not just step in and order a Manhattan, or you know, it's it's simple. It's vodka, ginger beer, and a lime a in, in a beautiful copper mug. Yeah, so. the, the mug is. Uh, now I'm wishing we had a video podcast. We'll make sure we. <laughs> you we, put that up on that. We, we, we'll feature a picture of it. It is. It is stunning. So, so you decide to. You're at this trade fair in Canton, and did you see copper mugs and went, "Oh my gosh, that's what we should do." Yeah, we we saw an abundance of uh, these junk copper mugs. I mean, mm. they were made of tin. You know, they're not even yep. using copper, but. Tin, copper spray, mm. nickel, oh, nickel wow. lining that's going to rub off and go down your throat. Uh, not stuff that you want. So I just, I talked to my dad and I said, you know, this is something I need to bring back. Mm. I just, I felt mm. this. Mm. You, you ever have one of those feelings where it's just a gravity you were, you is pulling you? were channeling Sophie is what was happening. Sophie was talking to you. Exactly. Nice. I think so. And so, so it was a, it was just like that. It was a split. You just said, "We're going to do this." He said, "That's a great idea." So, what did you, what was the first thing you did after that decision? First thing I did was went back the next morning to some of those booths, mm. and I I said, "What do you have? Can you make the the original copper?" I explained the story mm-hmm. how great grandma Sophie actually invented the mule but i said there's no way that i'm going to bring back a mug like what you've got on your table here sure. and i went from booth to booth talking to the to the factories that make them and nobody there could make mm. a hundred percent copper mug they just said it, they couldn't do it it was too difficult um and so then i was really on a mission right because, <laughs> now it's a quest yeah <laughs> I, nothing, I nothing like no to get you to go yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, once you get to know me a bit better, I, I tend to jump, jump off the building quick when I, when I uh, have an idea. And so there's sometimes that can be great. Well, that's sometimes, how we know you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I got home, came back to America. And of course, my dog business is taking up all of my time. I've got six, seven employees over there, and I knew that this was going to be difficult to get this going, but I also knew that, like you said, Sophie was calling. Yeah. Had to do it. I I, I knew it was going to be a, a great opportunity, and I was going to create that product to bring the original back. So, you know, I didn't want these tin... Um, imitations to represent what the Moscow Mule was supposed to be. So I guess maybe I took it a little personally. Sure. Well, it's, that's the whole the thing about the uh, premium brand, right? You want to – that they wouldn't have made a tin cup back in the day, right? It would have been an original, and that's part of the, the brand, that retroness of it, yeah? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, at the at the time, I mean, that's kind of the funny thing in, in my mind is at, at the time this was the cheap metal. This was, mm. you know what I mean? Like so often the things that we that we find to be exotic and old and and crafty, um, you know, like saddle leather. You look at, at at bags and belts, and it's like usually made out of like this saddle leather. That's the cheapest leather there was because they would use it in such large quantities. But now we we you know fixate on it because it is a luxury uh. item at this point, and copper is a luxury item now. But back then, this was, you know, this wasn't silver. This was a, and I think that's the other thing I like about it is that this is a working man's drink. This is a, this is a, that, that's that authenticity, right? Like a poser won't drink, a, you know, a copper mug. They would drink from crystal, you know, uh, that, that, that illusion right, in my mind. Right. So, so you, you source a manufacturer that, that you like. So then w- what's the strategy here to sell? tens of thousands of these right to the bar or do you go direct to consumer or how's, no you how's know the business work yeah so if you, just for people who aren't here you walked in with this beautiful box i mean I, i'm a, a sucker for great packaging and the packaging <laughs> is, is fantastic yeah, nailed it just completely nailed well it. thanks yeah it's like i said i take a lot of pride in it and to be honest we we launched the brand back in february and the, oh, so you're in the honeymoon period oh yeah yeah but the we had one article that came out uh, the week after we launched it's if if we have a minute i can go into a a bit of a funny story with how it started so the plan was we got our first production finished valentine's weekend and or the week before i'm sorry then we sent in a few hundred to amazon to do a test right so 350 went into Amazon. Uh, the rest, I believe we, we started with 2,000. And the remainder I just had around our our factory to sell on the website, direct to consumer. And I'm gone in San Francisco for Valentine's weekend. It was the one day that I took my phone away. <laughs> I'm sorry. Turned Uh-oh. my phone off. Uh-oh. It was bad. Here it comes. So, so... I get home, turn the phone back on, and see hundreds of emails. Oh, my gosh. I have phone calls from Amazon. And what I had done was Amazon has a a weird little glitch in their system to where if you want to create a coupon code and give it away Uh to five or ten of your family Uh and friends, you know, it it will. What happened, long story short, is the coupon code was given out to the public, oh, to the no. world. So a couple people saw it, of course, passing on to their sure. friends. And next thing you know, 350 of my mugs are Eva- gone. Evaporated. For free. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Completely free. So I lost many thousands of dollars <laughs> that, that weekend, and that was my launch of, of the company. <laughs> so, so But that, that came back in your favor, though, didn't it? It did. It did. I actually... Uh, I wrote a blog post about it, and I wanted to make sure that it didn't happen to anybody else getting right. into Amazon for the first right. time. So that came back in my favor. About three days later, it's really ironic, I was in a, a conference in San Diego, a digital marketing conference, where, again, five four thirty five p.m., my phone starts blowing up order after order after order, and I'm saying there's no way what... This couldn't have happened again. Had you shipped more product to Amazon? I didn't. So huh. what was what was interesting about this time 
is it was my website that the orders were flooding. Oh. And and I said and I know digital marketing. I've been in that industry sure, for years. Sure. So you when you build a website and just throw it out there and you're not preparing to advertise it yet, you know that you're not going to get traffic to it. Right. Right. Until <laughs> until <laughs> this proved me wrong. So I ran up to my hotel room and said, "What are these orders? How is this happening?" Noticed that Food and Wine magazine had wrote a post, the five oh. things you didn't know about the Moscow Mule. So I read the article, and it couldn't have been a better sales pitch oh my gosh, for sure, our brand. Sure. The end of the article, it says, you know, get your original mugs here, <laughs> and a link directly to our website. So good problem to have, right? So you're right. It, it did all come back to me um, from losing all that on Amazon just the weekend prior. So how many, so that, that was February, this is this year. This year, yes. Right. So how many have you sold now uh, in, as we go into the fall? Well, we, just from that one article, we've been rushing to keep up with production. Still. We've we've done close to 150,000 in revenue. Oh my gosh. It's it's been bizarre, great, uh, an amazing ride, everything. So keep in mind that's simply organic from right. that one article. Right. We have not even had a chance to to push it out there. And, and you didn't even have PR place that article. No, you didn't even know about the article. No, in it fact, was just a happy universal happenstance. Yeah, I called the the author up and said. I, I wish you would have told me you were putting this article out. I I love it. It's you know it's wonderful. But did he we even know you existed? Well, he he must have found out that we existed. Oh, because they had a link to the, the exactly. Way, someone doing fact checking on that went and found found oh, us. Hey, there's a website. Exactly. They must have wrote the it article. Had only been up for a few weeks. A week or two. <laughs> yep. Okay, entrepreneurs out there. <laughs> Just find perfect timing. That's yes, the that's, that's that's the moral of this story. Is right, perfect timing. Perfect timing, and have the origin story where you're connected to the original thing that everybody has now attached themselves to. Exactly. So if you can just you know just get in line and yeah. do that. And <laughs> so what happened was the um, the article they pushed it out to their Facebook page, and it became the most viral article in the industry. It, it had thirty five thousand shares in the first uh, three weeks or so. Wow. And that's what brought us, you know, a quarter million viewers to read that article and then proceed over to our website. So since then, we've decided to the brand, to put the brand on an invitation-only system to where, you know, we're getting dozens of requests from so restaurants. So you making it more exclusive. Yes, exactly. Wow. We want to make sure that it gets in the proper hands. That okay the dealer partners we sure. we team up with sure. you know that they they match our brand right so we want to it's it's more of a an interview process to make sure that we like we like what they're doing at their bar their restaurant and that they're going to place the mugs where we want them placed we're not here to just sell 50 mugs right. wholesale it's not a transaction, it's a relationship. 
Exactly. And we, we and talk a about that a lot on the show. We talk about brand a lot, and we talk because entrepreneurs are trying to figure out, you know, how, how do you do this? This um, protecting your brand. I mean, you're. Could you go and order half a million of these things, and in you know a couple of shakes, get them out there? Yeah. But you've got a long-term strategy here of a brand ID that needs to be protected. And, and whereas most people just sign them up as fast as you can, I really love this idea of curating the partners and finding exactly the right people. That's, that's something you don't always hear. Right, right. It's really important to me. So, I would like to shift gears now because you've talked a couple of times about dogs. And I did a little bit of research and found out that you, you're a dog guy, you run the cer- the National Service Dog Registration website and the National Support Dog Registration website. You run another, you run a site called Breeds Tees, which are, if you love dogs, this, this is a fantastic site for all things, just really interesting graphic things related to dogs. But I heard that on the support animals, you've developed this relationship with um, vets and being able to supply dogs to vets. So I, I, that just really touched me. And tell me, give me one of those stories. Sure. We are, we're working on that with a vet, um, a Purple Heart wounded vet, a Marine named Brad Fight, who I was lucky, lucky enough to be introduced to only about a month ago, actually. So a quick backstory to that. The servicedogregistration.org is our website. And we started that three, well, we're about finishing our third year. And I started that because of a vet who had just returned, uh, injured. And I actually had no idea um, what a service dog was. I met this guy oh, back oh. back in Hermosa Beach three and a half years ago. I was uh, a professional golfer who had been injured, wasn't sure where I was going to go next in my career, and I just so happened to meet this guy, and we were talking for two, three hours at a party one night. He had his dog with him, and I was so intrigued about what a service dog was. Mm, I, I had mm, thought they mm. were only for the blind at the right, time. Right, right. And so I learned that they're for a variety of other things from PTSD um, to hearing alert, balance alert. Mm. And so he had this Balance alert. What's that? So it's, you know, if if you can't keep your balance and you fall over often, you may have a big golden retriever or German shepherd or Belgian Malinois that will be there by your side to... And is it is trained up. specifically to lean in? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. There's diabetic alert. What? They let you what? know when your uh, blood sugar is low. It's it's incredible what these dogs can do. Wow. So so I learned that, and I saw that we don't have time today to, to talk about. But people can find the, more information on your website, which yeah. we'll get to later. So I, I want to, people who are really interested in this, I want them to go and seek that information out. Exactly. Keep, keep going with the story. Exactly. So... I, I just saw that there was a big gap that I could fill there in this industry. And, and I wanted to lobby 
with to Congress and really, really, that's that's a whole nother conversation. But there's there's legislation that we need to um, to change here, and we need to really help these vets out. N- not only the vets, but just disabled Americans in general. We need to protect their rights, and currently they're not being protected because every week I hear an unfortunate story about another vet that went into Starbucks and was kicked out or tried to... Because of their animal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because the public is not educated on what a service dog is. They say, you're not blind. You got to leave. That's not a service dog. So... It's it's awful what's happening. Just here, one one thing that happened a week ago that really got to me was I believe it was American Airlines. Gentleman was in L.A. for the he was winning the National Service Dog of the Year award. He was flying home to Atlanta with his dog. With his dog, he was at the airport flying home with his award with his dog. He had just been introduced in front of thousands of people, and the airlines wouldn't let him fly. Because they didn't know that it was a service dog. They said, we need your certificate, which no certificate's even required. So this is what I mean. I'm out there to promote um, awareness, but also educate the public. Right. And, you know, we can get into that on on another day. So as a – so when I talk – is there a business there or is this a a cause that you know you're you're doing i mean you you know you've got you know do you have kids i don't okay not, i'm married you're, you're married I, no kids yet but you no got you have a mortgage and so you've got to you know pay the bills is this a, a is it a non-profit exclusively and is it pay the rent and and that or is it this something you're just this, freely giving the, the the current business model is a business it's um an S corp. So okay. and that's, that's the business that's been around for, for three years. Now we've got drop the D is what I'm introducing now. And oh, what's drop the D drop. The D is a movement that, that Brad fight and I are working on amongst, uh, I mean, we're going to gather thousands of, of other vets drop the D from what from PTSD. Mm. Oh, so what Brad explained to me that really motivated me was these veterans, they're told to improvise, adapt, and overcome any situation that they're faced with before they go off to war. Then they come back from war, and they're now told they're damaged. They're no longer mm. good to society mm. because they have this disorder, PTSD. So Brad is a perfect example of having PTSD, but also beating it. So he's recovered from PTSD. And as he says, he likes to say, you know, I'm always going to have those memories of what happened to me when he was blown up in Afghanistan and in a coma for weeks. And, you know, his spine went through his lungs, all these kind of things. He's, he's going to have those memories forever. But, and, and, Brad has a great book out, by the way, if you ever want to read a really good book called Life After Death. Um, great, great inspirational story. But back to uh, Drop the D is out there because 22 veterans every day are committing suicide. Jeez. And those are the ones we have on record. 
Um, only 11 states have to report, so it's really more like 100 a day. But we feel we can stop, uh, we can eliminate a majority of these suicides if we don't tell all these veterans that they're damaged goods because that's all they want to do is help society. Mm -hmm. So when you tell them that they are no longer good to society, what do they have to live for? They they wow. don't. Because the D feels like a permanent, it's a permanent, permanent. diagnosis. I have a disorder. You exactly. are disorder and that is it. And also just, I mean, break down the word, disorder. Right. You are no longer in order. You are no longer under orders. You are no longer functioning in any kind of, you are disordered. And there, and it's, it's a, tr I've, I've, a similar similar experience. I have a, I have a, my best friend did two tours and, and came back and, and, and that's the living with that struggle of I've been permanently diagnosed like this. There's no out for this. I don't have any, there's no, you know, there's no light at the end of that tunnel. Exactly. It's, it's a closed door. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I had the most interesting four hour conversation with Brad the day I met him where, you know, I met his service dog, Duke. And just an incredible, incredible dog that helped him through so many struggles. Um, so I met Duke, and Brad explained how between his dog Duke and music, he's in an incredible band, um, The Makers. And so music, his dog, and faith. Between those three things, right. he was able to eliminate the D from disorder. And so our mission is to go out and... We're going to build a ranch. We're going to have veterans come back, and we're going to teach them to train dogs, to pass, pass it on, you know, pay it forward to other vets. And we can, you know, both employ vets, and we can also give vets the service dogs that they need um, to eliminate the disorder and help as many as we can. So. I, I love that mission. I'm reminded of the um, the dog rescue training that's based out of Ojai. What do you know the name of that organization? I'm not remembering it right now. One of our listeners will. So there is. I, I mentioned I, I was going to talk to you uh, to someone. They said, "Oh, is he is he in Ojai?" Because there the there's a rescue dog training operation there and they place the dogs in homes and there's a whole curriculum for training these dogs and in fact all of their dogs went to 9-11 the next day they were flown they were one of the flights that was allowed to let those dogs get and help in the search and rescue oh that's incredible yeah so it's a little different the no the it's very it's very different from but the, the but the the, the idea that you've dogs got helping this, exactly right. exactly exactly no it's incredible it's it's Something that's extremely passionate to me, and um, I'm, so I'm going to make that it was, happen. That was three years ago, and and we'll we'll help get this show out there so people will. will well, no, learn this, about this only this. happened in the last three weeks. The, you the drop the D. Okay, there's drop the D was wow. just formed when I met Brad Fight three weeks ago. We've wow. just been helping wow. service dogs and emotional support animals, right, right, um, for three years. So, in fact, drop the D is we're building the website currently. Um, we're going to... Is Jacob helping with that? He is, yes. Oh, He's a part of that. So in the next, you know, hopefully four to six weeks, you're going to see uh, a strong push out there with the media and veterans around America. Well, as you've already said, uh, it only takes a, a few lines in food and wine. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, there's um, 
There's a good friend of the show who does PR who, you know, we, we might mention this too. Um, there's, you know, probably a couple of well-placed lines are going to be all this needs, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah I, I really hope so. I, I, you know, just just to affirm your your decision to move forward with it. I mean, I think I think like many other diseases that that affect uh, humans, uh, like breast cancer. Uh, I think everybody who I meet, it doesn't take. You don't have to reach very far, you know, to to know a family member, a friend, uh, somebody in your extended network who who is suffering right now, um, you know, from post post traumatic stress. So, I think that it's going to have a good audience. I think, and I think that that uh, it's a it's an exciting thing to see happening. You've already yeah. dropped the D. I did. Did you hear that? I dropped the D. It's just PTS. Yeah. And you know the the great thing is that I that I forgot to mention that that is crucial here is we're also going to be working with the the rescue organizations because eight million. This is an incredible stat. Eight million dogs annually in America go into a shelter. And only about four million come out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's four million dogs that w- even the dogs, what I learned, um, the dogs that do go over to Afghanistan, once they retire them, the majority of them spend the rest of their life in a shelter. Mm-hmm. And so let me see if I got that right. Because we have, we're cat people, last name Sylvester, so I'm a cat guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, is, that is weak evidence, but, I'll, <laughs> but we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> And one of our cats is a rescue. And I hadn't, when you said rescue at first, I thought I was still back to search and rescue. But okay. there's such a, that it, we feel good when we can rescue an animal. And now you've given us this huge channel to attach the rescue effort and the PTS effort. Exactly. So that's what you're looking combine at. Them. Com- combine those two things and, and maybe we, we've got a place for those other 4 million animals. Exactly. Wow. Along with employing vets. So it's a full circle. You know, we're, we're going to be solving, uh, solving so many things here. So, so as I was surprised to hear about balance support, which is fascinating to me, what other types of support tasks are dogs trained for that we wouldn't like just like we don't think they can support anybody other than the blind now we know if i'm balance challenged or other kinds of things so what are some of the things that people would be surprised to learn well um i think diabetic alert is definitely one of the most surprising um there's there's hearing alert so hearing hearing so you know let's say you you've lost your hearing and you now have a dog that you've trained to let you know when the the doorbell rings right so you've got a visitor uh, that kind of stuff is not too many people think about it it's it's just something you take for granted that oh well you know I'll figure out how the doorbell, <laughs> who's at the door. Yeah, but, but if you've been blown up in battle. Right. Know. What about, and also I've seen this is, uh, is anxiety or panic attack support. Yes, yes, yeah. and, and that's a huge one. So there's two different types of dogs for that. There's both um, the service dog, which right. the, dif- the difference between a service dog and an uh, emotional support animal is that a service dog is trained to perform a task. That's something okay, that people should it. really know. Right, right. And 
whereas emotional support animals are exactly that. They're there for comfort and to provide that emotional support to their handler. So with the anxiety and the panic attacks, you could have both a service dog or an emotional support animal. And the difference is, if it is a service dog, it's trained to come up and lick you three times Mm. in the forehead Mm. when you're about to go into road rage Mm. and calm you down. Or, wow. But, but that same animal, and this is where people get very confused, and I, I talk about educating the public, right. because that same animal could be an emotional support animal if it is just there to comfort you through road rage. But does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. This is, um, this is fascinating. What, what's, the, what's the key connection you need to make? next for pts and drop the d what's that like dream a little it would be great if you could meet well uh we we really just need to meet some some of our congressmen and uh and women and senators and what's an election year it is yes so we're we're excited we're going to start going to more veteran centered events and and really just introduce what we're doing um you know i i would love for anybody else who is also passionate about this to reach out to us and and join the cause but really it's it's just about brad and i getting out there and brad in particular because he's the one who sure he's really experienced it you know i just have have the heart and um, want want to give back as much as I can here, and we and we applaud that the the entrepreneurial spirit though, and all the things you know about launching brands and launching ideas and getting stuff done. That's all going to get tested and get used in a very big way because you you need to, you know, build alliances and you know master influence over politicians you know there's a lot of stuff that has to happen as you know and we applaud that uh, i didn't want it to go unnoticed that um we've got a, a veteran whose last name is fight <laughs> I, just, right? I, love, I just love right. that that was fantastic thank you so much for joining us tell me how people can find moscow mule is it a simple google is it a- it is well it's it's just moscowcopper.com moscowcopper.com got it yeah, MoscowCopper.com. And to reach me um, regarding the service dogs, yes. anything over there, it would be servicedogregistration.org. Okay, servicedogregistration.org. Great. Exactly. And then uh, what we'll do is we'll post all the links uh, in the show notes. Uh, so that'll go out. And uh, do you know we're now, we're not trending in Finland anymore. We're trending in Aruba. <laughs> so Aruba, yeah, Aruba. I've got forty listeners in Aruba. Aruba, Jamaica. Yeah, Aruba off the coast of yeah. Venezuela. For those who don't know, yeah, I had yeah, to. You're Google about it. to sing a song over there. I was. Yeah. I stopped myself. I stopped myself. <laughs> uh, so I want to, uh, JJ. Thank you so much. And, yeah, thank uh, you. We just really you guys. A- applaud what you're doing, and your mug is now the official mug. Uh, of, I love it. Uh, the Pullstring <laughs> Press Network of shows. You got to bring one more now. Yeah. So the, um, the last bit of business here is we get to name this show. 
Um, what we, we don't do episodics where we have numbers, so we have names for them. We found that the better the name, the better the listenership. And when someone is new to the show, they'll they'll hear maybe hear about last week's episode. And then they'll go, God, that was really good. And they'll go look in the back catalog, and it's just searching by title. So what do you think we should call this episode? I think we should call it uh, Copper Mugs and Dropping the D. Okay. There you go, copper mugs, and dropping the D. That's in that will uh, enthrall. Them. Right. Uh, how about? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, why, it's why always the third one, take, by take the way, two. just so go you ahead. know. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why you should drop the D? There That's even better. It's got it's got that mystique. <laughs> why you should drop the D and and get a original copper mug. <laughs> Which and then, no sense. Well, that's, that's that's the best part, that's right? Great, great bumper sticker. That's that's why they want to listen now. Yeah, what? Right. They've got to find out. D's and copper mugs and well, and it's also um, listen to your grandmother, right? Yeah. Listen to your great grandmother. And on that note, I want to uh, thank again California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. And our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for I love this studio. And now with our new mug, and Cielo Twenty Four, who provides the searchable captions for our show, the Eight Hundred Five Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We thank them as well. If you'd like to find out how to support this project, go to Eight Hundred Five Connect dot com. Look at the partners link. Now. Patrick, how else could people help us? Well, we, we identify a lot of listeners in different categories in different ways. We, we track our stats. We look at our demographics. But uh, the one demographic that's very hard to identify is the super listener. And the super mm. listener uh, is the, the holy grail of listeners out there. And if you want to be a super listener, uh, the trick is to do all of the things we're always talking about. You need to uh, submit some feedback and criticism to us through an email to mark at uh, 805connect. Yep. Dot com. And then uh, also you need to pass us out to all of your friends and family and uh, hand this podcast off. It's a, it's a great, it makes a great holiday gift. It makes a great <laughs> birthday gift. Uh, packs flat, plays big, uh, and everybody can uh, carry it around with them and, and learn all of the great information that we, I feel really, uh, I feel really guilty that I get to learn all of this. And uh, we like to share. Yeah. So and what else should they do? I, I, uh, <laughs> you always catch me off guard with this one. Um, right now, reach over, grab that phone uh, just as soon as this podcast is over and dial your mom's number because she misses you. And she's sitting by the phone waiting for you to call. That is true. I know that. So I'd, I would love to hear from you personally. So you can send me a message to mark at 805connect.com. And, and as people do, uh, which I, I, I love, I got to tell you, I love getting those emails. They're very encouraging. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 